recorded live from the mats of Radical MMA in New York City, Martial Culture Podcast. Your source for in-depth combat sports and martial arts insights with Coach Renee Dreyfus and Matt Peters. Ring the bell and let's get it on. Hi, Renee. Mr. Matt, how are you? I'm not good. You're not good? No. Why not? UFC 223 and you texting me at 11.30 at night. <laughs> I won the bet. I won the bet. I won the bet. Rose, <laughs> Rose let me down. No, uh, I, she was supposed to lose. We had an agreement before the fight. It I was went a, over. It was a close fight. It was a close fight. Really? Yeah, no, because actually if you look at CompuStat um, and, and – uh, and Nerd. I am a fight nerd, absolutely. (laughs) You know what a nerd is? A nerd is someone who engages their intellectual capacities for the better understanding of what do they do. So I take pride in the the label nerd. So there you go. I jiu-jitsu'd you right there. (laughs) (laughs) Verbal jiu-jitsu. Verbal jiu-jitsu. There's a book actually called Verbal Verbal Judo. It's like all about that. Anyway, it's a great book. But um, but, um, CompuSat showed that um, uh, Joanna... Landed um, a lot, a lot of a lot of strikes, particularly let low kicks, and Rose landed a lot more punches. So, and you could see that right on the you face, tell from yeah, the face. <laughs> exactly. You know, like, like, wow, uh, you kind of rearranged your face. Yeah, she, um, she's wearing glasses for a couple weeks. Oh yeah, and uh, she's like, I won that fight. I'm like, mm, I don't know about that, but 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 in terms of significant strikes, it was actually there are a few rounds. Um, where I haven't looked in detail yet, but it looked like a few rounds where Ioana was significantly ahead because of the leg strikes. But it depends on how you judge leg strikes versus face punches. Like if you consider a leg kick a significant strike versus a punch to the face significant, uh, if you equal them out, well, she could have possibly taken it. But I think most judges would would um, say that is not the case. And and but she thought it was the case. Because she was constantly leg kicking, leg kicking, leg kicking. And then after the fight, she's like, I won that fight. And the reason she won is she just comes from a Thai boxing background where they value, you know, the, the power of, of a low kick. Mm-hmm. And, and low kick's a great weapon. So, you know, I, I think it depends on how you judge the fight. But obviously, Rose demonstrated a tr- huge skill and, and definitely outboxed her. Uh, took the first two rounds. Ioana, there's a good case. Ioana took the second two, and then Rose took the third. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you could see that Rose made a decision. And it, and I don't like this. This is It comes back to ego, which I want to talk about. Ego and Conor McGregor fiasco and all that is ego. She said, you know what? I'm not going to grapple. I'm not even going to shoot. You know, she only shot one takedown. That was in the last round, towards the end of the last round. That's mm-hmm. the only time she ever shot a takedown. She's like, I'm going to take this weapon. And not even use it because I'm going to go in your – in Japanese, they say the dohyo. Dohyo is the sumo ring. But I'm going to go in your realm. I'm going to go in your realm, in your game, and I'm going to beat you at your game. And that's an ego. And that's the ego of a warrior. But it's also not that smart. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But she did that. And you could tell. She's like, I'm going to outstrike you. I'm not even going to try to grapple. Forget it. I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you at your game and prove to you who's a champion. You said, you said it was a fluke. It's not a fluke. And that's what she yeah. said right after the flight fight. She's like, oh, you know, maybe the weight cut hurt her in the first fight, but in the second fight, I proved that I am the better fighter. And what she meant was, I'm the better striker. And um, hmm. she has Trevor Whitman behind her, who is a brilliant tactician in the striking game. And um, coaches Donald Cerrone, used to coach, uh, coach um, Nate uh, Marquardt, and has a, has a really good team up there and, and is a great striker. He's, he's a loosely affiliated with um, Jackson Wink. Mm-hmm. And um, just... Um, 
just a great team, and and definitely she showed that she is developing her her style based on his system, and uh, great great fighter. I just wish that she had opened up more tools in her game, and you know the Khabib fight, you know with all that craziness, Khabib, you know maybe. You know, Joe Rogan is very controversial. He came out saying, you know, that he was very critical of Khabib's performance. A lot of people were like, what are you talking about? But, you know, it's true that Khabib has uh, some issues with his striking. But you got to give the guy credit. At one point, he said, you know what? I am not going to shoot now. I'm going to just practice my striking. Because <laughs> the first two rounds, he's like, I'll, I'll grab it. Okay, I can beat you grappling. We just established that. I could destroy you. And, you know, the end of the first round, I believe it was, or the first or second, I, you know, he had it back mounted and yeah. almost had the choke in. And he's like, okay, I've established that I can destroy your grappling. Now I'm going to just jab you to death. And there was a little bit of hypocrisy because a lot of people are like, why is he just jabbing it? Why is he just jabbing it? And, oh, no, no, no. Man, if the jab is working, stick with the jab. It was working really well. Maybe it didn't leave with the most exciting fight or whatever. But you know what? You know who did the exact same thing? George St. Pierre in two fights against Jake Shields and Josh Koscheck. And he jabbed the whole fight. And people are like, oh, George St. Pierre, that's amazing. All he had to do was a jab because he learned it from uh, Freddie Roach. He's great. He didn't need to do that. And then, and then Khabib does the same thing. And everyone's like, oh, that's boring. You know, yeah. you know if you don't need to use any other tool, why not? But I know Khabib, the reason he did that was because he's like, let me get a little fan service. And also, you know what? I know I can beat you, so let's turn this into practice. Let's practice. Like like the Dark Knight movie, the first one that Batman begins, where he's like, he's in the prison. And uh, and they're like, you know, you know, he's like, you're in a fight. He's like, this is not a fight. This is practice. So he turned the title fight into, into practice to, to get some rounds in and, 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 and practice his striking. And, and his striking has hold. But you could see towards the end he was getting more confident. He threw a flying knee. He really mixed it up. And then he went back to his grappling and, you know, you know mm. kind of annihilated him towards the end yeah. of the fight too. He's get, he gets better with his striking in every yeah. fight. I mean, he every get fight better. he gets People better, People are yeah. him for, for striking, but he is getting better. Yeah. This is the first, great, you know? first fight I ever saw where he actually moved his head properly. <laughs> you know, the time his head move was terrible, yeah. but now he still has his chin up. And when he gets blitzed, he kind of goes backwards. And you and I, before the the fight got started, before the podcast started, we were saying that you know Ferguson and and Holloway probably give him a little trouble with the striking and and or you know even McGregor. But um, and that that is true. You know, like if he he doesn't fix those holds, he'll have some problems. But he's such a dominant uh, game, mm-hmm. and that was not his A game. I guaranteed he was just cozy. He got bored. He got bored. He's like, let me turn to practice. No, he definitely wasn't. Yeah, and, and and so he wasn't his A game. He's like, nah, let me let me just turn this to practice. And and even his shots, his a couple of his shots were actually not good because mm-hmm. he wasn't taking them seriously. He shot from way too far away. I mean, his shots, his takedowns, you know, they weren't good because he's like, nah, whatever, you know, I'll just shoot a low John Smith single, you know, which is not really a very high percentage mm-hmm. MMA move. But he's like, man, let me just practice. And and it's funny because he, I've never seen that many low singles succeed in MMA in the last like. 10 years, and he did four of them in one fight. I'm like, holy crap. This is low John Smith single where you shoot for the ankle. You go really low and you shoot deep for deep single for the ankle. is right. not considered a high percentage, you know, uh, grappling uh, attack, a takedown take attack, because the guy can kind of pull out. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I'll give him credit. He did pull out a couple times. But most of the time, he just got caught. It could be worked about. He was like, the lowest percentage uh, technique they run, he does, and he makes it work. Yeah. Imagine if he pulled out his A game, you know? Jesus Christ! That, he's that guy's holding amazing. secrets. He is. He's he waiting. Is. He didn't want to show his old bag of tools. Yeah, he, what he used to to wrestle those bears. <laughs> you know, he didn't see yeah, the video, right? Yeah, video, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, but you know, so I I know you you said that the the UFC two twenty three was disappointing, but there were some fights on that card 
that were unfreaking real. There is a fighter, Zabit um, Magomedisharapov. I can't say his last name, but <laughs> he he's also uh, uh, from the Caucasus region. His name is Khabib, and he is. I've never seen anyone with such a thousand mile stare. He looked like his pulse rate didn't go past you know sleeping mode. He's just sitting there and he's in a fight and he's just perfect striking I mean just technique was amazing he's like the opposite of Khabib it's just like Khabib is, 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 is a grappler this guy is is a is just a great great striker mm-hmm. just bump 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 and I gotta give his credit to his opponent Kyle Bachnik who was game but that guy just was taking punishment after punishment after punishment and and just pure slickness this is the kind of guy I like to see. And we talked about this in one podcast where, you know, sometimes boxing aficionados look at uh, MMA fighters and like, ah, that boxing sucks. And, and, you know, there's some truth to that. Obviously, MMA striking is not boxing, so there's different technique. There's kicks and there's shots, and, and you have to be a little more flat-footed. But it's sometimes there are, like, guys, literally like Daniel Cormier, or, or who, who just are not, like, they don't look good. <laughs> they just they just don't look Daniel good. Daniel Cormier doesn't yeah. look good. And, and, and his striking is just... You know, and Zabit, you you're gonna look at him and you're gonna say, "Wow, this this nobody can look at this guy and not be just in awe of of his his beautiful technique." And just like the one, there was the other guy, Israel Adesanya, who fought recently. There's a whole crop of guys coming up who are doing just unbelievable, beautiful, beautiful striking, and not just beautiful in the old sense. They're they're coming up with really, really new MMA striking. So the new footwork, new this, I'll tell you, you know, you, you didn't, you maybe didn't love the, the Rose fight as much, you know, it was maybe not so I was stressed out about it the whole time. Yeah, that's right. I know. And well, well, you should be. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, you know, one of the things that Rose did was she, she switched her stance and hit a front hand uppercut in like a millisecond. It was just such a technical, beautiful move. And, and it's like one of those, those things that, you just, you just, you just have to applaud that the striking game is so improving. And just a couple other fights on the card. One, you know, when people think of striking as Muay Thai or boxing or whatever, there's a whole other world of striking, clinch striking. And I don't mean Muay Thai clinch, but like against the cage, striking against the cage when you're kind of hugging and going for takedowns is a hybrid between the takedowns and the striking. And Aubrey uh, uh, Mossier, I, I forgot his full name, his, his French guy. Um, Arbin, okay, Olivier Arbin Mercier. He's he comes out of the TriStar camp, but he's he had a fight against Evan Dunham, who is no slouch. Did you see the fight? No. Okay, yeah, it was like the, we moved up to the main card, but it was Evan Dunham is a is a stalwart in the UFC. Great technique, great strike, great boxing, great, really good jujitsu, good good grappling, and uh, Olivier Arbin Mercier put him against the cage. And did a combination because he's a judo guy, so he was kind of doing some judo movement, and then he threw this hellacious flying knee from the clinch and followed it up with other strikes. I'm like, whoa, that that's what I've been looking for. It's like striking is not just punching, kicking out from the outside. There's a whole game of clinch striking mm-hmm. that has yet to be explored. And this guy did it, and it was just just fascinating to see him put the judo. And a little bit of wrestling and a little bit of the kind of the tie striking all together in this new hybrid. Mm. I love it. I love it. I love it. It was Great. amazing. Unbelievable. And he just dropped him and everyone was like just dead because <laughs> he hit him right in the solar plexus xiphoid area, which is in the middle of your chest. Uh-huh. And I think he probably probably broke Evan Dunham's rib. 
that's how incredible it was. It wow. was just like this just knee from the tenth level of hell. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> and and then and he hit him twice with two knees actually. And then he followed up with some combinations and just dropped him. Jeez. Yeah, it was it was great. So, you know, in terms of technique, there were some great fights. There's some stinkers too. Okay, you know, no reading to talk trash, but there were some stinkers, but um but um but um, there were some great fights too. Do you want to see um, a Rose, Joanna three? No, okay. not for me. Me neither. No, no, no. You get, you got to give some other people a chance. Yeah. And and my friend, you know, Gilson said it. He said Joanna did not do enough. You want to be the man, you got to beat the man. That's the old boxing mm-hmm. adage. You want to be the man, you got to beat the man. In mm-hmm. this case, the woman. She didn't do enough to beat to be the to take the belt away. There's, you know, I mean, there's there's objective scoring, and then there's that idea that the the, the challenger has to do something a little bit more to unseat the champion, mm-hmm. particularly coming up from their loss, right? So she's got to go back to the drawing board, go back in the ranks, work her way up, just like everybody else, and give some other people a shot. But who else can she? She's beating everybody. Is there anybody? I mean, oh, that I'm. Uh, who's she got to fight next? Yeah, I mean, there's some uh, some people in there. I mean, there's. Some I don't people know the, the division. Yeah. Division. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. There's, well. there's some people coming up. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, they, you know, I mean, she has beaten some people, but at the same time, there are people who have climbed up the ranks. Look, Joanna got a second shot. There's some other people there who deserve a second shot. Who oh, are yeah. really, really good. And, um, you know, uh, I mean, Rose. I remember Rose. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, Andrade is a different weight class, right? I, she was in the same I forgot. Oh, maybe I, I was. I was get too confused. Um, but, um, but I know Rose lost. You know, if you look at Rose like two or three years ago. She's a different fighter, and you have to give that that chance to the other fighters. Maybe Rose beat them, but they they're improving, and that strawweight division is really up and coming. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I was very critical of the female division for a long time because, honestly, the bench was not big in terms of fighters. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of had the same people fighting each other, and a lot of them were one really one dimensional. And you know, okay, maybe they're a good striker. Some of them are really good strikers, but they had no ground game or wrestling game. Or some of them are good wrestlers, but their striking is not that great. So you, you saw that the, the, the division wasn't as mature as the male division. So the, the female division was kind of like where the male division was in 2001, 2002. But now it's not that way. The, the women are great. They are just the really good strikers. Amanda Nunes is not obviously 112, but Amanda Nunes – Sharapova, or not Sharapova, or Shevchenko. Sorry, Sharapova's yeah. a tennis player. <laughs> I'm sure she's sorry, good yeah. Sharapova can strike you with a tennis ball <laughs> and a racket. No, um, uh, Shevchenko. These people are legitimately wonderful, amazing, amazingly technical fighters, and they have my respect. And a lot of them are really improving. Michelle Waterson, really great fighter, hasn't hasn't done so great lately, but but she's she mm-hmm. she's very skilled in every element of the game. And uh, and his game, she is game. She's a pit bull. And there's so many fighters out there. Um, the um, the other karate girl uh, from Florida. Um, shoot, I forgot her name. Uh, she's really jacked. She's small. She was. She's she's good. You know, there's just mm-hmm. so many. With Paige, Paige Van Zandt. Paige Van Zandt is didn't amazing. Did she retire though after her last loss? She, she retired. I thought she said she wasn't fighting anymore. Really? I could be very wrong. I I know she's like kind of switching a, camps and she's, she's in, in a middle. bad streak. Yeah, yeah, but she's great. She's really good. She yeah. she just has some things to improve on, but you know, like so does look look. There's the Gritzmacher and Joe Lazan fight, which um, uh, you know, Joe has to retire. I I'm a huge fan of his, um, but he has to retire. So um, that's a case where you know you you have a lot of miles in you. He was fighting when I was a when I was a 
you know, purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu years, you know, already over 10 years ago, oh, way over 10 years ago, 15 years ago. So, you know, I, 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 uh, I helped one of my friends uh, in his camp to fight Joe Lozano, a friend of mine named Christian. Um, and, um, you know, that was years and years ago. So he, he's been in the game forever. He's a stalwart. He's great. But time to hang, hang up the gloves. And uh, but even beaten by a guy like Ritzmacher is just very one dimensional fighter. Um, not uh, not great. So even the guy to male division, you have guys who are, you know, one dimensional, not that great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you, you can't. Uh, criticize the whole division because of one or two fighters, but but the I female, yeah, <laughs> I will. but the female division is 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 really uh, really growing, and and a lot of times, I need to the footwork on Joanna and and Rose, and that is people should watch that as a clinic and how to do really good footwork. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just great strike. I wish I wish Rose had had opened up her her weapons. The, her takedowns and her jujitsu just to open that up a little more. Mm-hmm. But I know, I know why she did it. It was ego, and um, and sometimes the ego is important. And, and this is kind of what I want to you know talk about. We, we we we've skirted around the issue, but the Conor McGregor disaster was just it was it was disgusting, despicable, uh, a blight, you know, a complete black mark on the sport. And and anyway, what are your thoughts on that before I before I go on in my tirade against Conor McGregor? I think um, I think McGregor is a child who wanted attention because he wasn't getting it, mm. um, and he likes to be in the center of attention. Absolutely. And so he was like, "How can I disrupt this stuff?" Yeah. And you know, you you talked earlier before we got on the the microphones and talked about how his motivation might be a little bit yeah yeah different. Me, and I'll, I'll yeah, let you yeah, go yeah. into that. But I I was um, I wasn't surprised. Yeah, I was surprised that who it happened. Who was surprised? But yeah. I wasn't surprised that that he did something. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Yeah. Not you, you. You knew he was going to do something, but not to that extent. Yeah. And, and for something so so unprofessional, so silly. When his plane lands in New York, and there's an event in a week from then, you know something's going to happen if yeah. he's not on the card. Yeah, and he'd if already, he is on the card, even yeah, more. Remember, right? remember, he already he already had one incident where he threw the water bottle, and he injured a, a fan. You remember that? Like, yeah. Uh, oh, um, I forget who it was, what UFC it was, but he, you know, he already broke the law and he he was settled a, a civil lawsuit and paid that person money because actually they they the one of the fans got hurt yeah. that was a while ago but um you know ego is an interesting thing and and um I'll tell you um in my martial arts journey I had an instructor in the Brazilian jiu-jitsu world and he said you know the blue belt is the belt that destroys you often and I'm like what do you mean by that and 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 he said the blue belt is the belt where you start your ego because now you now you know you know some stuff you know you know some this and that and and you know some stuff, but a little bit of knowledge is dangerous, and and it, it fuels your ego and you have to keep your ego in check. Now at the same time, fighters need egos, you know need egos. So you can't be a fighter if you have no ego. Uh, you have to have that belief in yourself. And let me tell you, there's a lot of neurological studies about that 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 you can kind of I don't want to say create your reality. That's a little bit like hocus pocus, new age stuff. But what it is is this. They look at runners and they're saying, your body has a red line. This is the red line where you know don't go past this line because we were talking about it kind of with Nate in the last podcast. Like don't go past the line because this is not safe. And your ego is such, your self-belief is such, your your commitment to your to yourself, to your to who you are, to pushing yourself and winning is so much that that you go, you just blast past that red line, mm-hmm. and you do things that you your body 
you normal normal people aren't capable of, and that's ego, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know. Um, but at the same time, when it takes over, when it drives you, when you become a slave to that ego, it destroys you. And um, and and I said the, the the blue belt is where where in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu where my instructor back then. And blue belt's kind of it's a little different today. I would say maybe it's purple belt today, but. Um, you know where you start developing a, a, a ego like I'm I'm a bad I'm a bad mamma jamma I I know my stuff I can you know I can tap you twelve ways to Sunday, and then you stop listening to your instructor you stop you start doing your thing you start you know going on YouTube and this and that and then you get out of hand and then you destruct mm-hmm. and it you know have you ever heard of you know the, the ancient Greek tragedies yeah. you know the the Antigone and you know this uh, so they, they, the Greek tragedies have this um, have this uh, structure to them. And very often, whether it's whether it's um, um, Oedipus or any of these, it's hubris, ate nemesis. That's usually the structure. It's hubris is arrogance and ego and self-absorption and all this me, 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 me. And what does that lead to? It leads to madness, to a craze, a crazy madness. And the Greeks understood this. And anybody who's coached a high-level athlete understands that this – we have John Jones. John Jones acts crazy mm-hmm. because your ego – has fueled you to this point. So you let you let the you let the bridle go. You let the horse run. But when you when you can't pull back on that horse, you can't pull back on that ego, it takes you into weird crazy territory. And I believe that McC- McC- and then and that that's madness. And then it leads to destruction. And McGregor's going to possibly he's facing some prison time. We'll see if he goes to jail, but I mean he created he caused a very serious criminal incident. And it is not – I don't believe it's going to be ignored. You know, I think he's going to have some repercussions. If not criminal, for sure civil. He's going to be sued for a whole bunch of money from those – from Michael oh, Chiesa. Yeah. Every, and all person. These, <laughs> every person. Every person on the bus. Yeah, 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 right, right. You know, and he ruined the weight cut for so many people. Now, why did he do this? You know, he had this stupid beef with Artem. And I don't even know the details. But, you know, like then he comes over. Why? Is because he knows there are some killers waiting in the UFC. He knows that. I wouldn't say he knows it consciously, but I believe he knows it unconsciously. But his ego, ego is so much that he's got to be the man. Like you said, he's his child because ego is, is a childlike, very primal emotion. Ego is primal. It's childlike. It's you born with that. It, it, you know? and, and he has to protect his spot, his sense of self. And, and what ego does, it protects what you are. It says, okay, I'm the man. This is my ego. My ego is based around me as the man. I have to protect that because that's how I constructed my personality mm-hmm. as the man. But if I go fight Khabib, I'm going to get the shit kicked out of me. <laughs> so I'm not going to fight him because that will destroy my ego. So what I'm going to do is be a spoiler. I'm going to go into madness. I'm going to I'm going to be a spoiler so I get kicked out of the UFC. And let me tell you, Matt, okay, Conor McGregor is the highest profile person I've seen to do this. But I've seen this on low-level MMA shows all the time. It happens all the time where they, they find some way to be a spoiler to avoid the fight. Well, okay, they didn't chicken out. So the, people can't can't say they're your chicken or sure. this or yeah. Okay, they didn't, uh, but they didn't fight. So how do they didn't fight? They didn't fight by doing something criminal or doing something this or doing some that or, you know, um, you know, it happens also like some people, they let their weight go so fast, so bad, so they show up to, to 20 pounds over. I'll, I'll still fight. No, you can't fight. Hey, I'll still, I'm, I'm game. I'm game. No, you're not. You didn't do your weight cut. Yeah. But it's it's that excuse to preserve the ego. It's not my ego. fault. It's no, your, it's not, yeah, you won't let me you fight. You won't let me fight. No, you won't let me fight. No, yeah. You know, and that's the way to preserve that crazy ego. But it's hubris, 
ate nemesis, huber ego, madness, and then destruction. And that is a, a you know part of it that we talked about the hero's journey. The hero's journey is controlling that hubris, controlling, bridling it, and driving it into a place of um, not personal self-centered gain, but something for every for the community. If you don't do that, you're not a hero. Mm -hmm. You're not a hero if you don't control your ego. And whether it's Eastern philosophy or Western philosophy, we, we're talking about you know uh, the Greeks, but it's the same thing in Zen philosophy. The, the 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 goal of Zen is the bridling of your ego and and the ego death in in Zen parlance. That doesn't mean you don't have an ego. What it means because that then you're not you're not a human being. That you, you're not trying to destroy yourself and become like you know a puddle of sap. You know just bleh. you know what you're trying to do is live in harmony with yourself. Yourself is 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 part of a larger harmony of community. And and the, the 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 nature of the world, right? You're not a self-centered, you know, um, narcissistic human being. And and in the Eastern philosophy, that is known uh, as the path of azura. Azura is self-destruction. It's a, it's a kind of a Hinduist concept. But again, it's it's related to the ego. Your ego will destroy you if you don't don't control it. And and his definite ego. And ego is narcissism. It is. That's what it is. It's this primal sense of self that you push yourself forward. And it can be something that you can harness and make yourself grow. But at some point, you have to check check it. And if you don't, you're going to get destroyed. You're going to destroy yourself like, like John Jones is kind of doing, like, like um, you know, uh, Conor McGregor did. And there's a whole bunch of fighters before that who did it too. You know, mm -hmm. like you can, you can make the list. You know, basically, ego is not your amigo. <laughs> And we're gonna end the podcast right there. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I, I, that was all a big setup. For that me. was. You, it was pretty good, right? I saw it in your thank eyes you, as it you, was coming you. up. Uh, that is an amazing take on on the Conor McGregor situation. I didn't even think of that. Um, it makes total sense that he is just scared, yeah, um, and trying to get out of of losing. He, yeah, when's the last time he won? It's been years, hasn't it? But he hasn't fought. I mean, he he hasn't fought in the UFC in a long time. Yeah, yeah. He he won the Nate Diaz, so he lost the Nate Diaz. Then he made excuses. Then he went back and beat him because yeah. he has to. He had to go back and beat him, even though nobody really wanted to see it. <laughs> I didn't want to see it, but he had to go back and beat him because his ego wouldn't let him. And what he did is he he, he you know he he avoided the places where he was losing, and and he you know, but he almost lost. You know, in the last, the second Nate Diaz fight. He, if the fight had gone a little longer, he probably would have lost it, you know. But he lost the decision. He won a decision. He says, "Yeah, I'm the man. I'm mad." Man, Nate Diaz, he's even top ten in the, you know, he shouldn't be top ten in 170. Mm -hmm. I mean, he might be, but he's not really that great. And and you're you're also dealing with a guy whose takedowns are terrible. So you know, when when he fights Khabib, he's gonna get picked up and slammed on his butt, and then he's gonna just he's gonna go through the Michael Johnson grinder. You know, Khabib was like, "You must give up. You must. I must be tight. I must master the tight." You know, like, like that. You're gonna die. That. And there's also a bunch of killers coming up who are ready to take him out and pick apart his style. And let me tell you, Conor McGregor, his bazooka is in his hands, but he has a flawed style, and people are gonna pick up on that, like they did on Ronda Rousey, like they did on everyone else. Eventually, they pick up on your flaws and they start they start exploiting them. That's what the game is. And he he does not want to face that. Involve his ego will not let him. So he fought. Like a crappy 170 guy. Then he went off and did a boxing match and, you know, claimed some sort of weird moral victory. Except, you know, Mayweather coasted him. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> you know, he coasted him from, you know, 
and then he just got knocked out. And then he said, oh, no, no, I was ready. The ref is – he makes excuses. And then he's not coming back to the UFC. Like, you're, you're, you're all talk. Yeah. And I've never been a Conor McGregor fan. And, and because he, he's a narcissistic, crazy person, he's always been like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at some level you have to respect the ability of – like, you can't be a champion without a little bit of fire. You gotta have that fire. That's that ego. Fire. You gotta fire. But at the same time, you can't. You can't let it overtake you. There has to be a balance. There's a balance. And and I, I I've, uh, you know, struggled in the other direction. You know, um, uh, I, I had to I had to struggle with the fire, you know, lighting the fire, and and and. But some people have to struggle in the other direction. So so for me, the lighting the fire, I'm pushing myself into someone's face and just you know pushing myself forward. Developing that ego was was a challenge for me. I didn't believe in myself. Mm. You know, you have to believe in yourself. But when you when you most most of the time the, the, the upper level athletes are slightly delusional. And I'm not talking MMA, I'm talking every athlete. And this is this is you know, neurological studies of like Olympic athletes, they're slightly delusional. They think they're much better than they actually are. So they're like, what's your what's your you know one hundred meter time? And they'd be like, Well, I could run that in this time. And they're like Actually, you can't. <laughs> you only did that once. Yeah. You know, in your like 900 races, you did that once. 899, you did it this time. But they're like, no, I'm that fight. I'm that guy. But to do, to, to believe, you have to push to believe. But you got to keep it in control. You have to do that. And, and it, it's, it's tough. And you see fighters destruct all the time. And let me tell you something. This is a little bit wider topic. But martial arts is filled with crazy people. <laughs> No, you know, you're like, what? Yeah. No, but, you know, a lot of people come to martial arts because of, you know, we talked about it, insecurities or this or that or broken or something like that because they're attracted to that hero's journey, that that sense of development. Mm-hmm. But most of them don't do the hard mental work to be a better version of themselves. So what you do is you just have a dysfunctional guy with a black belt, <laughs> which is not a good recipe. Yeah. You know, like, okay, now you can punch a kick, but you didn't, like, you know, kind of – Look inwards and, and develop, and, yeah. and and many that's not always true. I mean, I know some amazing guys in the martial arts world who who are just wonderful, amazing people, but they're way outnumbered by the amount of people who are at some level dysfunctional. And Conor McGregor has always been at some level dysfunctional. Same with John Jones. You know, I me. Mean, you know, let's not go into his family life, but you know, we we and I know you're a John Jones fan, but you know, he. he he had some interesting family life. Let's, you know, it's private. I, I mean, I don't, I don't really know that much about it either, but I know that mm-hmm. he has a re- taught very strained relationship with his father and this and that. And, you know, you know, you got to do some, there's some internal work to be done there. Yeah. And I'm know? pretty sure his ego was stroked for a long time, oh, even totally. before he was a champion. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. As part of his family. I mean, yeah. yeah. His championship family. Yeah. yeah Patriots. Yeah. And, and, and this is the thing is I, I've dealt with some A level athletes. You know, like super. I had one one athlete, and he was Olympic cal- caliber um, in in his in his performance. Um, and in every school he went to, he was he was uh, uh, coddled because he was such a great athlete. So he went to high school, and they're like treated him like God and let him get away with a lot of shit because. They want to win the championship. And then he went to college. He didn't go to college here, but but it was another country. But same thing. He got on the national team, and, and everybody coddles him. Nobody says, hey, you're an asshole <laughs> because they want to win. They want him to go to the Olympics. Yeah. So they get away with a lot of stuff. Your ego gets unchecked because – and look at look at any sport. We see it so much in football. All these people, they're, they're great athletes, and they, they have never been told, no, don't do that. That is not 
good behavior. That's antisocial, horrible behavior. You're dogfighting or, you know, whatever, you know, scandal du jour it is. <laughs> People don't check them because yeah. we are, we are, um, uh, we enable them. Our society enables them to be dysfunctional because we want them to win the, 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 the high school or the college championship. So we don't, we don't check them where, and actually we should. And I have a huge problem with athletics like that mm-hmm. because especially football, but not only football, martial arts too, um, we we don't we take these primid we take turn them into primadonnas, and and they're not necessarily you know good people, um, and that's a problem. And and to me, martial arts cannot just be about fighting. I I had I had an instructor and he told me this is in Japan. He's like, if you teach someone these moves, and you don't teach them how to cre- be a better person, what you're doing is creating an efficient murderer. You're creating someone who's a menace to society. He now can can really hurt people, and he's not a good person. What the hell are you doing? And a lot of traditional martial arts people hate MMA. I mean, they hate MMA. And I'm slightly in that traditional world still. You know, I, I have a lot of friends in that world who, from whether it's Taekwondo or karate or whatever. And, man, the hatred for MMA is, is, is huge, M- mostly for that reason is that because you see – terrible terrible behavior like this and mm-hmm. and and uh it's it's disgusting but you know it's not just MMA. almost all our sports have it look at i mean even freaking tiger woods you know sharapova that we talked about earlier she's Sharp, a, what she's did she a do jerk. no i'm just kidding what she's, is, a, she's a delightful person we talked about it earlier oh right right sorry oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> no but yeah but every sport but, yeah like, they I mean, look at bullies. look at yeah. someone who grew up in my neighborhood which is um uh, oh, tennis player. Um, shoot, I, he grew up in my the same neighborhood. McEnroe. McEnroe. Man, a total fucking asshole. Sorry, mom. I know uh, my mom was friends with her mom. So, but but McEnroe is an asshole. When, when he was a kid, he was. It's just what he was, and he got away with it because he was so good. And everybody in our community coddled him. And, and, and it's funny. And, yeah. You know, nobody coddled his brother because his brother sucked. <laughs> You know that's why his brother is actually a nice person, yeah. and and now he's older. He realized, man, I got to actually do some some work on my personality. Otherwise, I'm not going to actually have a good life. I'm not going to have a good marriage. I'm not I'm not going to be a good when member of the society. Backhand dries up. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, well, you're going to be an asshole the rest of your yeah. life. You know, um, excuse my my language, um, but uh, but you know that's uh, that's that's it's human. It's human, right? Yeah. Exactly. You know, the martial art path is no different from the human path. We we have to strive to be better versions of ourselves. Yeah, just normal people. No. Don't, don't usually get hundreds of millions of dollars right. of people lining up to get your autograph. Well, you know, you know, it's funny because okay, let's let's move away from the martial arts world. But I I, I used to work in in finance, and the hedge fund world's the same way. There are all these oh, like yeah. these these finance people who are just disgusting sociopaths, and be, they're enabled because people want them to make millions of dollars for them. Mm-hmm. And and it's 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 a, it's kind of like our, our American society. It's something that I didn't find in Japan. Obviously, Japan is not paradise. Nobody's saying that. There's a lot of problems with Japanese culture, but narcissism and antisocial behavior is checked by everyone. So you can't you can't like can I can I give you a funny story about Please. when I live in Japan? Okay, this is I was sitting at a table with some just a whole bunch of people and there's a cake because it was a birthday, okay? And there was like it was like it was a cake. The cake wasn't so big, right? It was like eighteen people there, so they're struggling in their head. How are we going to divide this cake so everybody gets an equal slice? And finally, they couldn't. They weren't like, "What the hell we do?" So nobody ate. Oh my god! You know, and then well, finally they figured out. They're like, they, they did, but in the beginning, nobody ate, right? Because it's like we can't 
have some people have and some people not. We mm-hmm. all have to be together and that we have to in this community of this table and it's a microcosm of the larger society. But I was there, that was my first year there, and I was in shock. I'm like, why don't we just fucking eat the cake? <laughs> you know, like like hey, okay, I won't eat, you eat, you have my piece. No, 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 no. We cannot do that. We cannot do that. Everybody here has to have a piece of the cake. And this is a, a story that I experienced and I experienced every day in Japan some type of this behavior. Is Japan paradise? No. But narcissistic Anti-social behavior is checked right away and frowned upon. You don't get away with it. Do they have people like Conor McGregor in Japan? Absolutely. But they are few and far between. That being said, other types of very anti-social behavior like extreme sexism and things like that are accepted. So I'm not trying to say Japan is paradise. But in the sense that someone like Conor McGregor would just not be liked in Japan. He would not have a very strong fan base. It doesn't appeal to that Japanese sense of community. And I think that's something that we in the West can really learn. The same thing with the Nordic communities as well. They have a a larger sense of community, a larger sense of the village, and that we all have to be contributing to it. And our extreme individualism, our rugged American, America, ego, you know, Donald Trump kind of, I'm the man, thing has to be checked. He does not represent us. Yeah, thank God. He does not. (laughs) Just anybody listening outside of the United States, he does not represent us. Yeah, yeah. But yes, America does have a sense of of ego when you go outside of the United States. People think American ego asshole. Yeah, right. Exactly. And and um, and I'm not saying, like I said, it's it's to be a champion in the martial arts, to grow in martial arts. Even if you'll never step in the ring, Mm -hmm. you have to have some fire. And in my personal uh, journey. I lack confidence, I lack fire. And when I went in balance is when I developed that switch where I can have my ego on. But the other people I've seen, they have their ego on, they can't turn it off. Mm-hmm. And and that that balance between the two of self-belief and 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 drive, but also you cannot live a a life that's surrounded by your definition of self. You know, like it's not you can't. You have to live a life that's surrounded by your definition of of your integration with the larger community. Mm-hmm. And throwing a dolly into a, a glass bus window and d- damaging all these other fighters, there's no omoyari. What is omoyari? It's a Japanese concept of consideration. And all Japan works on that. It's like the concept of consideration. Was he considering Michael Chiesa when he ripped his hand open with shards of glass? Was he considering Ray Borg who got shards of glass in his eye? In his eye. Was he considering the Rose and, and, and all the hundreds of people who are, you know, involved in the UFC production? No, of course he wasn't. He's a narcissist and a little motherfucker. You know, like, dude, get over your big fat self. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and and it's just it's just just really disturbing. Um, but that's one reason why, like, someone like Damian Maya or Leota Machida or um, um, uh, uh, Thompson, um, what's his first name? Shoot, uh, the karate guy, Thompson. Um, no, Steve, oh, shit, I forgot. Um, uh, but you know all these guys who Demetrius Johnson, they GSP, G- oh, GSP, right? They He's represent, like the perfect example. yeah, right. They represent not only a great martial arts but a great human being, a great a person who has who has found that balance. Mm-hmm. Someone who has not is we've had this before. Conor McGregor's the 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 the, the natural result of Chael Sonnen. Oh, so Chael Sonnen showed <laughs> Conor McGregor the ropes. You know yeah, what I mean? Did like, he? No, because uh, he uh, talked himself yeah. into title fights. He made it, you know, he made over the side. And Colby Covington, too, is like, you know, um, just going way overboard with stupid, disgusting statements. And, and you know, just being being a heel, being a pro wrestling heel. 
There's no room for that. Yeah, I, I don't like that. No. I don't want. I want the the blur the line between the WWE and UFC to be very clear. Yeah, and they're blurring it, and I don't like it. Well, Ronda just went into the WWE. Yeah, and I I watched a clip from that. You did. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I I watched it on YouTube. I didn't give him my pay per view dollars. We, you know, it's funny, but uh, this is a little different subject. But I have a lot of friends who are really, really, really strong pro wrestling fans and i don't including my friend sam who i love to death he's a brilliant wonderful guy and i i don't i just don't get it <laughs> you know but but they are out there and you know what if if whatever floats your boat um you know i guess but uh, maybe the like the they love that she's in it some of them you know is it the story or the fighting no it's not the fighting it's it's the, not, it's, 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 it's uh, the i drama. think it's it's like a live comic book yeah. I think that's what it is, but a, but you know what? I, I I have to I have to get my friend Ham uh, Hamilton on. He's my best friend from since we were a kid. One of my best friends, and uh, and he he's he just uh, loves pro wrestling. And uh, uh, we have to get him on and say what what, what what's the what's the draw? You what, know, is what, what is it? Please <laughs> just tell us. But you know, can I can I, the interesting origin of, of fake pro wrestling is um, because we were talking about it. You know that basically the grappling is boring. But it kind of also started out to, to as a way to hoodwink people. Uh, P.T. Barnum and all these would hoodwink people to get betting going. So you would you would coast guys, coast guys, and get a fight going. And so it, it was actually the 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 works are completely the origins completely corrupt. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing. It's like you know you're just you're just pretend fighting, and the origin of all this the entire sport is just total absolute corruption but anyway that's that's my take on that but you know if you like pro wrestling you know knock yourself out so you know. <laughs> <laughs> i liked it as a child but you, know. you did you did i did like like child like six years old seven years old or or like child like 14 like 14 right um that's like i think the 10 11, 10, 11 12, yeah, yeah. You know, early my brother it. was older than me so he was watching like hulk, uh, hulk hogan and stuff yeah, like hulk that I, yeah yeah that was my, my the, the glory days of, of yeah. wrestling i think yeah. now yeah. it's just all attitude and I don't even Ronda know Rousey. the difference. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know the difference. But, but, um, but, uh, and and you know the thing about pro wrestling that I really dislike is that it seems to um, take those values that we dislike, that are not po- positive, like we're talking about narcissism, ego, all this. It takes them and and puts a positive spin on them. Yeah. You know, uh, and it, it it sort of makes being an asshole look great. Yeah. You know, and uh, they're always the, the center of attention. Like. Conor yeah. McGregor, go to the go to the WWE. <laughs> they want you. Yeah, I know, really. Well, I think you know you, you disagree with me, but I think he he might see some prison time. You know, this he did some really bad stuff, and uh, if if not prison, the civil suit's going to be nuts. But uh, uh, yeah, it was it was just a terrible thing, and and uh, really, I I understand. I, I love martial arts as a paradigm. It makes martial arts as a paradigm for for seeing what works and all that and but i hate this side of you know and there's always like i'd say good 50 to 60 percent of mma fighters are you know very eh, i don't know 50 60 percent but but a lot of them are not really cool people <laughs> really 60 yeah i don't know you know i that's okay like i i can't say that for sure but i you know y- y- there's maybe 50 50 you know there's 50 percent of the fighters i met are dysfunctional in some way and and it's actually aided and abetted by the promoters right now because the promoters don't care like if you're a nice guy they don't care care sure. about the sport they care, they don't even because the sport's settled now right it's not like the old days where the the people like they would say is this good for the sport because the sport was so precarious anything you did could get it shut down so people in the fan base were always like 
is this good for the sport? Is Tito Ortiz good for the sport? I remember that. Is Ken Shamrock good for the sport? We have to grow the sport. Now it's here. It's not going anywhere. So the promoters, there's so many sleazy, disgusting promoters who put anybody on a fight card. And the, the more attitude, the more craziness, the more they sell tickets. And that's all they care about, which is why I want to give a shout out to a promoter, Premier FC in Massachusetts. Uh, her name's Karen. Uh, Premier FC, uh, I've never dealt with a better, more um, more upright, and really uh, a promoter who cares about the fighters more. I mean, we, we just fought in her show, and we're going to be fighting again. And uh, really, really amazing promoter in that she's she's there for the fighters and to help the fighters' careers grow and thinks about fighter safety and, and so many things. Uh, just, a, just, a, just a breath of fresh air. She's a person who's not driven by ego. She's mm-hmm. driven by a love of the sport. And... Um, and, uh, and and a care for for the, the image of the sport, and uh, it's something that you know I wish was more apparent in every aspect of it. Yeah, I hope that's successful. You worry about like uh, how long will that satis- sustain itself if there's yeah. not some sort of show element to it, right, 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 to draw some attention. Well, you know, it they're comes down. Su- they're hopefully, successful. Hopefully, yeah, no, yeah. She, she's been very successful. Yeah. She's always moving to a, a larger venue too. But, but yeah. uh, I think it comes down to the quality of the play, of quality of play. Like, like, um, you know, why is boxing kind of gone down the tubes? Well, uh, most boxing fights are really not that interesting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you, the, if you have really quality athletes who put on a great show, like, like this guy Zabit. Oh my God! You know, in in the UFC, he's just this guy's amazing. He was on the undercard. Um, you get you get these guys that that do amazing things. And really put them together and put the fight the best of the best always. And that's the thing about Conor McGregor. He's been running for, for years. Mm-hmm. Like, of course you should have your title stripped from you. You haven't fought in years. <laughs> you should be like, if you don't fight in six months, you should lose your title. Yeah. You should fight everybody who's up and coming. You you make the sport real that way and exciting that way. And the problem of the UFC is this. Since they've sold this, and I'll be critical of the UFC, because the original management of the UFC, the Zuffa brothers and before, they were not would not market a, uh, a, a single fighter. They would market the product. They'd say, "Here's the UFC experience. Here's the here's the UFC experience." But you know, since the the hedge fund buyout of the UFC, the UFC has been a little bit more lenient and a little bit more WWE because they want to recoup all the money that they paid in. Did the the owners are in tremendous debt because of that? You know, I don't know the exact numbers, but they they put out a lot of money, so they need to recoup back that money, and so they don't mind a little bit of you know, um, razzle-dazzle. But that is not good for the sport. It's not good for mixed martial arts or martial arts. It's Mm -hmm. not a good look. Like, it's not a good, good, like... I, I would like to see uh, MMA in a, a, be the same. I could I could have my, my – I don't have a son now, but I hope to have someday in the safe Sit down and we could watch it together and have a nice nice entertainment. Now, some people would say, why would you want your son to see someone punching and you know, exposed to violence? Well, I'm a martial artist, and he'll hopefully be training very seriously so we can see it as an analysis of martial arts. Um, but at the same time, I don't want him exposed to – the shenanigans of 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 uh, Colby coming to Chael Sonnen or Conor McGregor or anything like that, or the outside the ring antics, like you know hitting a pregnant woman with a car and driving off, or you know all these. This is terrible stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And let's the martial arts are supposed to be about that hero's journey, that mastery of self, because that's what it comes down to. You're a hero when you have controlled. You know, you 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 you've given something to the community. A hero is is definition. Well, you're here for yourself. No, you're a hero to others. And martial arts is a path of giving. And um, 
if you're not walking down that path and trying to be a positive role model for other people, you, I mean, what the fuck are you doing, man? You know, just, I don't know, go play football or something. <laughs> you know? But but the thing is, I always tell my students this. There are three levels of growth in, in, in combat. First, you learn to control your opponent in, in grappling, let's say. This is a good example. I, I pin you, I hold you. Then I learn to control my, I learn my, control my opponent's body. Then I learn to control my body and I become a better athlete. I move my body better. I'm more supple. I'm more um, cat-like and, and I become uh, more aware of what my body is. But the real growth is how you control your mental state. And if you're not controlling your mental state, you're not doing martial arts. Mm. So if you're going buck wild and, and being you know a, 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 a soccer hooligan, you're not a martial artist. Yeah, I wouldn't call him Conor McGregor a martial artist. No, 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 mm. no. He's he's a he's a he's a prize fighter. He's a bully. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, of course, he's a bully. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's a total bully. Uh, so before we wrap up, um, will we see Conor McGregor in UFC again? You know what? I hope not, but I think I I think we will. Which I, I think, mean, the, the, if yeah. it's a, if it's a draw. For money, yeah. Well, you know, like I said, I think the, after his prison turn is yeah. Turns it's up. also it's also like like what a you know that that the UFC Moscow to have him fight um, Khabib in Moscow or where St. Petersburg I think it actually St. Petersburg, you know. But he'll probably do his prison time, and then the draw will be just insane because um, you know, everybody's going to want to see him get the crap kicked out of him, <laughs> you know, or, or but whatever. Will he let himself fight again? Yeah, no, I don't think he will. No, no, I don't think he will. I don't. I, don't, I think I uh, or but you know, you push him enough. Maybe he will. Who knows? Is he contractually obligated? No, it? no, no, they really, no, yeah. no, no. And he he said he won't fight unless they give him part ownership of the company. Oh, they're that's never what he said. That. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah. Well, no, I mean the, the UFC now has like seven hundred different owners because the stocks, you know. So maybe they give him like some stock bonus or something, you know, which is stock sharing. Uh, Not uh, against that, you know. Yeah. Like Let's a, have um, Conor McGregor and jo- John Jones go away. I love John Jones, but we can't have that. Activity. I want John Jones' technique. I want his out of ring persona gone. <laughs> Let's transport his yeah, yeah. mind into someone else. Yeah, yeah. But leave all the oh, crap. Oh, behind. yeah, yeah. Like they're doing that the 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 um, brain transplant. You know, the, the, the Italian scientists claiming oh he's a brain transplant. That's yeah, I, I think it's it's a it's a it's That's farcical. Fake. That's but, fake. Uh, but it's yeah. Um, Let's get your uh, reaction to UFC. I would two. like to have my brain transplanted to John Jones' body. So I oh, could be me there. too. Jeez, forget it. Just for a day. <laughs> Just for Freaky a day, Friday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So we know that the, the, the UFC events change on a, a rapid level. Um, so UFC 224, the card probably will change by, by the time we get there. But initial reactions to the main events, uh, Man Nunez versus Raquel Pennington. I'm looking, again, look, you know, uh, the women's division has grown so much. That's going to be a great fight. Uh, Raquel, I think, is outmatched, but, but still going to be a great fight. Nunez is, she is sharp as a knife. She's a great fighter, and uh, yeah, I have is. nothing but respect for her. And and she also carries herself like Rose too. God, Rose, you know, talk about real martial artists. Rose carries herself like a great martial artist. Mm-hmm. She wins like a champ. She loses like a champ. She is just an inspiration. If I have a daughter, I want to say be like her. You yeah. know, you're a great role model. Um, Holly Holm too. I don't. I don't like her technique is a little work, but she always acquitted herself very nicely. And yeah. while. I'm a big fan. I was, you know, I started to be a fan of, of, of Ronda Rousey when she was in the judo world and, you know, was very supportive of her when she went to the Olympics. And, you know, um, her mother is, is just amazing uh, judo martial artist. You know, she's she's taken a turn where um, hubris seemed to go out of control mm-hmm. and it led to Ate, led to nemesis, destruction. WrestleMania. 
WrestleMania. Now, yeah, now she's now she just pretend, pretend, pretend. Uh, middleweight Vitor Belfort versus Leota Machida. That's like a, both those guys should retire. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but it's be. you know, it's a do over for the fight ten years ago. You know, where uh, um, uh, you know, fan service to the old guys, I guess. I don't know. You know, so you know that's the thing is that it's that some fighters should just. Hang up their gloves like Vitor Belfort. It's time for him to you know, maybe. It's know, weird that they're in the top, top three fights. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there'll be a draw. I'll be interesting to see them fight, but mm-hmm. it'll be a weird fight. Uh, Jacare versus Galveston. Galveston. Gastelum. Gastelum. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, interesting fight. I personally love Jacare. Um, yeah, but I've liked he, him for a long time. Yeah, but he he just sometimes he has a lot of trouble putting it together. His last fight was a devastating win. Um, really, you know, that, that knockout win. But um, interesting fight. Gaslam is also coming back from, you know, see, he's, he's like hot. They're both like kind of hot and cold. Like when they're awesome, they're awesome. When they suck, they suck, you mm-hmm. know. So interesting fight. Yeah, it should be a great fight. Um, yeah. Interesting. No, no, great. Good, good matchups, you know. Good and, matchup. And uh, someone that we talked about a couple times on the show so far coming back after her win uh, at UFC 222, Mackenzie Dern is on the card. <laughs> Needs a lot of work. I respect her, you know. An upcoming strawweight. Up, upcoming, I respect her, but she she uh, needs a lot of. I work. don't know Amanda Cooper. She's fighting against Amanda Cooper. Yeah, no, I think um, I think she was on um, she's tough or something like that. I forgot. Th- she's got six wins. No, yeah. six fights, three wins. Yeah, three the, losses. But I'll tell you, you know, that's the UFC two twenty three. But there's um, there's some fights coming up. Um, oh yeah, fight yeah, next. Yeah, fight night that uh, that are really awesome. So. Uh, this whole month is just packed with really interesting stuff. So you have uh, Poirier, Gaethje. Eh. Um, then you have Bar- Barbosa Lee. That is one I want to see. Wow, god damn it, I want to see that fight. <laughs> Kevin Lee and, and Barbosa, whose first name I forgot. But that is going to be amazing. Like, freaking amazing. So that that is that is what I'm looking for. That's April 21st, so that's about uh, a few weeks away. So, um, yeah. In New Jersey. Should we go? Road trip? Uh, you know, I don't go to. Um, you don't go to New Jersey. You're no, jerk. you hate New Jersey. <laughs> no, no, I don't go to live MMA fights uh, because I I feel, you know, I can research much better at home, uh, watching it. You know, you can't really see what's going on. I can replay and mm-hmm. do all sorts of stuff. So I always watch at home with the company of my wonderful wife and a lot of times students and friends, and we have a good meal. We sit down and versus like. You know, sitting next to some guy, it's like, why, why are you hugging? Why, stop hugging the guy. Punch him like a man. You know, like some drunk guy next to you. Like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ. I had a friend of mine went to the UFC at the Barclays Center, and um, I saw pictures that he took, and he was like, I don't know, as high up as you could get, and he had to, like, look on the TV. to Like, he was watching it on TV because they had the big screens. So it was yeah, like yeah, a waste. Yeah, I, don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, I mean, it's fun really to be in that environment it, it, maybe. but I, I think, yeah, it's it's the atmosphere that gets you there. But yeah. I'll tell you, the fight night that's coming up next week is is has some great fighters. Um, so again, some some uh, ex, you know, sort of, sort of, sort of Republic guys are making their weight on the card. Um, Yushin Okami's back uh, in, in the UFC uh, against Diego Lima. That's, that's an interesting fight. Um, Gilberto Derns, who's a very, uh, Dorino, great, um, great jiu-jitsu guy fighting. Uh, it's, it's just kind of Wilson Hayes is back, uh, Tim Boach is back, Michelle Waterston, and then the the guy who I really want to see. I told you he is amazing. You got to see this fight, Israel Adesanya. This kid is coming. He's going to go places. He's amazing 
unbelievable guy. And we'll see. I want to see him rise. I, I, I'll watch that card next week just for him. Carlos Condos is fighting Alex Oliveira. That should be good. So even though the main card, Gates G versus Pari, is not like, mm, you know, but the rest of the card is great and it's free. So, um, <laughs> you know, can't be free. Can't. Uh, but that's, you know, the UFC is been putting out some some good quality uh product uh and, and if you look at the undercards you know and and you know matt i know you you didn't think that this last fight card was so great but you know some of the undercard fights were just phenomenal technique well so, I'm, I'm that yeah. guy in the stands that says we'll hit them stop playing with each other so uh, <laughs> don't be that guy matt. i don't want to be i'm learning and i'm gonna show you see i'm gonna show you a technique now that will introduce you to the power of i need jiu-jitsu. an adult no, see, so so here, guys, I don't think you recall. See, Matt was about to close off the podcast, but we, we are not going to close off. Thanks for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe. No, because we had a bet that if, <laughs> if Rose won, I get to put him in a submission hole called the Japanese. The reason it's called Japanese is because I actually learned it in Japanese jiu-jitsu. Some people don't realize that I am actually um, have some ranks in traditional Japanese jiu-jitsu. It's an interesting, interesting— I don't have health insurance anymore. Don't worry. It just hurts like hell. <laughs> So, so this is an interesting move. Its origins is about five hundred year old move. It origins is to actually make people drop a weapon. So here, uh, uh, I'm going to take my headphones off and put you in it, and you're going to try and hold on to a pen while I do it, okay? okay. As if it were a knife. Okay? Right and me. I want you talking into the mic as you as you feel it. All right, I'm a little nervous. Oh, he's got sword, scissors. Okay, I'm holding the. The scissors in my hand, and he's trying to. Holy crap! <laughs> I let it go. <laughs> I let it go. The guy didn't hear me say I let it go three times. You got some pent up aggression in there. Yeah, I missed it. I missed the spot. You missed it. You got it. I felt no. it. <laughs> I, I can't. Yeah, you were squirming the whole time. I was yeah, like, I was ah, squirming. squirming. You're breaking your arm off. <laughs> Right. I, I can't so, be I can't be a martial artist. That was that was fan service to all the uh, to all the traditional Japanese jiu-jitsu guys out there. To, to, it worked. Yeah. Well, I dropped it very quickly. You, yeah, very quickly, right? Um, so there. there I'm never making another bet again. No, you got to make another bet. No more bet. <laughs> I bet you that Conor McGregor will not do jail time. I bet you he will do jail time. There you go. It's a bet. <laughs> there. Yeah, okay. Like, yeah. So we have a bet now. House arrest doesn't count. He has to be literally in a in a, in in a jail. prison. Yes. Yes. House arrest doesn't count. He has to go to jail. If, if he spends one day in jail, I lose. Yes, that's right. Okay. Yes. All right, guys. <laughs> I got, I'm going to win one of these someday. Because <laughs> we got another bet. He just says no more betting. We got to. Well, I feel confident in this one. He's got a lot of money. I love betting. Rich people you. don't go to See, jail. See, it's two. I'm two and zero. I'm two and zero. I'm two and zero. You got to get one. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This Please is a great podcast. Share, subscribe, great <laughs> review on iTunes. We're on uh, Spotify. Yes. We're on iHeartRadio now. We just got approved today. Wonderful. Yeah. Can we get a shout out? And please, everybody, please, if you enjoy the show, please rate us. Um, it really means a lot if you would go on iTunes and rate uh, the podcast. It, it, it's, it's two seconds of your time, but it, it means it would mean really. So all my students, I know you guys are listening out. Just uh, just write a little review or some ratings because um, it would help the podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah. And uh, did you get sandpaper for your students from last time? <laughs> After the last podcast, they're looking. My wife's like, are we getting sandpaper? I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I actually have sandpaper. but if, yeah. if you do not rate and review the show on iTunes, you have to use sandpaper on your – what do you use on your <laughs> the shoulders, elbows? Shoulders. shoulders, shoulders, shoulders so don't yeah. No, I don't think we're ever going to use that. Well, I'm gonna, uh, that's our bet. I'm going to sandpaper your shoulders. Okay. All right. I'll take it. Oh, no, that's, that's fine. Rude. Yeah. That's rude. All right. No. Uh, yes, please. Uh, we're on iHeartRadio just as of uh, April 9th. 
So check awesome. us out on there. Awesome. Another awesome. place you can hear us. So iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Stitcher, and Spotify, Spotify. Google Great. Play, Great. Castbox, Radio Public. I think the, oh iTunes, um, no iTunes, of course iTunes. Um, Tune in radio. So we're everywhere. If awesome. you can't, if you don't listen to us yet, you're missing out. Okay, and and also, anywhere. guys, uh, my friend uh, Sam Yang had just started his own podcast. Um, oh, great. Uh, Must Triumph podcast. Give it a listen. Sam is brilliant. He's a really eclectic thinker and a great martial artist and a great at so many things. A real um, renaissance man. So please, uh, please listen to his podcast. Must Triumph. Yes, Must Triumph Must with triumph. Sam Yang. Check that out and rate and review that too. Yes, absolutely. We will, we will do that as well. After Hopefully, we can, we can call him. He's in California. Maybe we can call him and have him on. Oh, yeah, anytime. Yeah. Get him on the call. All right, awesome. You know, all right, thanks, guys. We'll see you Bye-bye. next time.